talked about today as well, because today is about Joseph. Next week's Mary, and it's totally different than anything we've ever done in the history of our church, but today is different as well, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited in particular about the story that we're telling about a person in our church. So this is what I want you to know about Joseph. What I want you to know about Joseph is he was simple. There wasn't a lot to him when you walked up to him and saw him, most likely back in the day. I didn't see him. I don't know if y'all know this, but, uh, but what I read about him he wasn't, he wasn't someone that we would have glamorized at all. Matter of fact, he was someone that you could have missed pretty easily and someone that we probably wouldn't have chosen to be the adopted dad of Jesus, to be the earthly father of Jesus. But he was the perfect choice. And today I'm going to get to show you why. But as we update our story in the Bible, I also want to update a story in this room. And I'm so excited about today's story. Today's story is about my friend Lewis who y'all are going to see in a minute, but he's got such a great testimony in what God's done in his life. So y'all watch this as another story gets updated in our church. My name is Luis Miguel Sanchez. I was, uh, I was named after a Hispanic singer. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, uh, my mother was in love with him, and I was named after him, which is pretty bad because now everybody, uh, I get picked on a lot about it. So I am 30, 30 years old, and uh, I was born in Brownsville, Texas, raised here in South Carolina. I was, uh, I was born without a father. Um, I probably met him one time when I was 15, and he... Um, we didn't really like each other, and he didn't like me, I didn't like him. He was in a bad time in his life with uh, bad things. I had just turned 18, and I called him up and told him, it's my birthday, you know, uh, one of the things that I wanted to do uh, once I turned 18 is call you because you, I've never been in your life at all, so I wanna, I wanna talk to you, I wanna get to know you, I wanna, have a relationship with, relationship with you. And uh, so we talked for a little bit, it was okay. And then the next day, um, I never heard from him again. Maybe 10 years later, uh, he calls me, up, calls me up and tries to reach out and he's like, hey, um, you know, I, I wanna talk to you, I wanna have a relationship with you. And it's not till, I really didn't, pay attention to it uh, because of course you know he hasn't been in in my life that for that long and it's like talking to a stranger so it's I didn't want to reach out that much until recently I had turned uh, 29 last year and uh, he reached out again and then uh, you know at this point I was uh, I was okay with it you know I wanted to talk to him and get to know him he has two kids, which is my half-brother and sister, and um, I got to talk to them because they wanted to talk to me. They realized that they have a big brother out there, so um, so they were happy about that, and and um, it was great. We have a better relationship because of it. You know, I got to um, forgive him. Uh, he forgave me, and it's been it's been great after that. Now he's a welder. He's been welding for the past 
40 years. And uh, I'm a framer, so we're in the, the same construction field. I woke up early in the morning, which is hardly, I hardly ever do because I mean, it's hard to wake up in the morning. So uh, I, motiva I motivated myself to wake up in the morning and um, put, some, uh, put some shorts and it was a little cold, but I know that, you know, once I'm running, I start warming up, so it's not a big deal. Um, I had some red shorts, a red shirt with cut sleeves and, you know, um, I was all red, jeez. So I mean, I so I mean, I'm I wasn't too far from Four Points. So I was running across, you know, uh, across the street from Four Points, and uh, I hit the light. Normally, I always go back the the way that I came, but then I saw people waving, you know, and they were looking at me directly, and they were looking at me and waving. So I was like, you know, I'd wave back, and I thought it was nice. So I was like, you know what? Let me just. I've been, ha I've been going through a lot, and so I wanna, let me go talk to them. So I, I crossed the street, I, well, I jogged um, across the street, and um, I, I, uh, I don't remember exactly who uh, I talked to because I'm very bad with names, uh, but okay with faces. And um, so I, I told them that was uh, I was going through a tough time. Maybe they can lead me in a prayer. And they were like, "Of course, yeah, definitely." So they led me in a prayer, and at that point, I was already feeling a lot more relaxed, you know. And then they told me, um, "Do you want to come in?" I'm like, no. Look at me, man. I'm. I mean, I'm not dressed for it. I'm not fit for it, man. I'm in shorts and I'm sweaty. I smell. So no. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I, if I could do that. And they're like, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter how you smell. So, you know, they offered me something to drink. So I came inside, I checked it out. Everybody was so nice. You know, I felt um, comfort off the back. You know, people greeting me, um, they sat me down uh, next to a couple that was very kind. I love the music there. You know, Shannon does a really good job in the band. And then um, I listened to you preach and it was uh, it was really great, man. It was very warm-hearted and it really spoke to me. And uh, from there on, man, I just, I just continued to come. I brought some, I brought Emily. I brought a couple of friends, family members, nieces and nephews, and they all love it. And one of those times that we're volunteering, we were working on the, the kids' room, we started framing. And, you know, I'm uh, somewhat good at it. So, um, so we went, you know, they, I went to volunteer to help frame. And um, I met Ken Pangle. And he's a great person. Ken asked for a better person to work with. My third Sunday, um, uh, well, I was, uh, like I said, I, I continue to come and every single time that I was here, it really moved me. I was like, man, I gotta do it, you know? I, I wanna do it, like I'm, something's telling me to go up there and, you know, 
get baptized. So I asked uh, the couple, hey, can I, um, can I go do that? Will I do what? That? Get baptized? Yeah, that. I was like, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. So they, they took me uh, to get some clothes and I had gone baptized for the four pointers that um, keep doing a good job. Keep reaching out to people. And you know, you'll end up finding somebody running across the street and you pulling them in and welcoming them to a home. I think four points for that. You know, while uh, Lewis was finishing his video, we were just hanging out talking and I told him that I felt like he personified what the dream that God put in my heart is. And it's this. Um, Lewis is, his family is from Brownsville, like he said, Texas, which is the southern part of Texas. But his father is, um, was from Mexico. And um, I just thought, you know, how cool of a day is it going to be when because of what God does in our hearts and in our church, we look at Lewis as a man before we look at him as a Mexican. Do you know what I mean? Like the first thing that you think is he's probably good at construction because of his color of his skin or his background, then that is a pre-judgment of our heart. That's called prejudice. Now listen, everybody's got prejudice in them, but I believe through the power of God, prejudice can be broken. I believe we can start looking at each other as kingdom people, that that is a son of the king. That's my brother in Christ Jesus. And so we start breaking down walls. In order for that to happen, that's what we have to do. That's what we are about. That's what this church, y'all, is about. It's not about growing to a certain number of people. It's about changing a people for the cause of Jesus Christ. It's about being a light in a really dark place. And that's only through the power of God. It's not through a microphone. It's not even through great worship. It's not through any of that. It's through each and every home glorifying the name of Jesus. Whether you are African-American, Anglo-American, Hispanic-American, we are all one in Christ Jesus. And I just, we didn't even plan that. We didn't plan that Lewis is a carpenter and Joseph is a carpenter. And after we got it done, I was like, man, God's pretty good at this because this is awesome. And I don't ever want to ex exploit somebody because they are a race. I think that is beyond disgusting. In fact, I want to do the opposite. I want to just celebrate human beings because they belong to God and because God absolutely loves them no different than he, than he loves the 75% of our nation that is white. We are one in Christ Jesus. And I just thought, started thinking about through your story, Lewis, about Joseph, about how easy it would have been to pass him up and how easy it would have been, watch this, for him to keep passing by. Because I, I want y'all to consider through this story that I teach you today, what would have happened if Lewis's destiny wouldn't have been altered by just coming across the street when he had red clothes on, not feeling like he belongs because he doesn't look the part. I want you to think about how your story would be different if you would have kept going and not stopped long enough for, for the Lord to invade your heart because it changes everything.
And that's why I love the story of Joseph. I, I think I can identify in some ways with Joseph because we don't know a ton about him and we don't know how he died. We don't know where he went. It, it does not appear he was around at the end of Jesus's life. But I do know that he was special. And he was not special because of his giftedness. He was special because he listened to God. And I just, I can't wait to share this with y'all today. So we're going to update our story. Type your name and say, we're going to update the story. Come on, let me hear it. Say, we're going to update the story. We're going to update the story. I want you to see a verse to start with that is not really part of the teaching, but I, you'll get a picture of who Joseph was, or at least what the world thought of Joseph. It says in John 1, 45, that Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we found him who Moses in the law and all the prophets wrote. This is Jesus of Nazareth. Like, you gotta, you got to come see. you got to find out what this is about, the son of Joseph. And so he's associated right here with Nazareth, and you're going to see in a minute why. But it says, Nathaniel looked at him and said, can anything good come from Nazareth? And when I saw this, I thought, and y'all don't have to talk to me today. You can be quiet, and I can just amen myself, and it's all good. But, like, I, I, I thought to myself, bro, this is how I talk to myself. If y'all don't, it's cool. <laughs> But I was like, dude, this is how we are. Can anything good come from, and you can fill in your own blank because we're all different. And I thought, gracious day, that is good because God is really awesome and he just sets this up. So immediately they associate Jesus and Joseph with, can anything good come from where those cats are from? Can anything good come from it? So today the goal is that we rewrite our story, that you can rewrite your story, no matter how awful or great in your mind you think your story is being written as we speak, God can rewrite it. And that's the goal today that we write, rewrite the story. So we get introduced to Joseph in Matthew chapter one. Y'all, this is, this is good right here. I'm just telling you three times we see Joseph and all three I want to share with y'all because I want to give you three things to take away. So if you normally don't take notes, today's the day that you get to start. Come on, somebody. Here we go. Matthew 1, starting in verse 18, says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed, that word betrothed that I have never used in my life unless I'm reading the Bible. Y'all better talk to me. I'm betrothed to you, wife. Some of y'all are lying. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But it means engaged, but it's a little deeper because an engagement back in the day in Israel, you had to live with your in-laws. I need someone to talk to me in here if that feels awkward. <laughs> We're just going to have to date because that's weird, right? And, and then you can't consummate the marriage until the wedding day. So you're sitting there laying near her, but your father-in-law's looking at you. <laughs> and if you want to break up with her, there has to be a true divorce that takes place because this is basically a marriage without the ring. And then all the good stuff that comes with marriage, like reading the Bible and praying. Come on, somebody. Here we go. <laughs> Before they came together, she found... She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, I just need to go fast, but I got to just hit on this. We love this story, and we love to put Jesus in a manger, like on our hearth or something. But if your person that you were betrothed to came to you and said, the Holy Spirit got me pregnant. I don't have to be quiet. We're allowed to talk in here. There ain't no guy in here good with it. As a matter of fact, what Joseph does next, I find incredibly kind. I do not think Mark at 20 is going to respond this well. Mm. <laughs> this is what Joseph did. Joseph, 
being a, a just man and willing to put her, not willing to put her to shame. Unwilling is what it says, and I just couldn't read it. Unwilling to put her to shame. Resolved to divorce her quietly. That's really nice. He wants to do the right thing. He wants to go the right way. I feel like, in my case, what I would have wanted to do is resolve to make a billboard that says, what's wrong with her? <laughs> Y'all have seen that show, Cheaters, or whatever. It's like, it's on C40. And like, I feel like that's what I would have wanted to do, so forgive me, because that's just my hard heart. Jesus, help me. Thank you. But like, I want y'all to get this. I want y'all to get this. this. This shows us what a great-hearted person this was. Please get this as I move on. It is not about how great of a heart you have or how great things you have done up to the point that you encounter Jesus. It is about Jesus and Jesus alone. If you have not had an encounter with him, all your good things are not really good. And you cannot, you cannot have a relationship with him based on what you've done. It is only based on what he has done. And if we try to hold on to being good enough, even if your good is like Joseph, because that impresses me, You'll find yourself wandering. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I was, if I, I'm serious. I thought about this this week. If I was in my office and I was telling Joseph the right thing to do in the Lord, I would have said, bro, you're hitting a home run. This is unbelievable. You are honoring her. You're doing the right thing. You're trying not to embarrass her. This seems right. Everybody say right. right. But here's the problem. Joseph's way seemed right, but, it, but the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12 that there's a way that seems, what's that word? Right, right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. It, that's the way of death. The word death means destruction or despair. It means that, that I find my own way because I think about it. I turn on it. We all do this, right? Can y'all be honest with me in here? We all, we all turn through stuff when there's a hard decision to make and we think to ourselves, I got to do the right thing. I got to figure out how to do this. I got to figure out how to do this. And then we come up with something. It may even seem really good, but if we don't do God's way, it will lead to our own destruction. Amen. It will lead to the lack of destiny in Christ Jesus. No matter how hard his way seems, if I'll listen to him and go with him, then I'm going to get the way that he wants me to go. Now, listen, you got to get this. The reason that we struggle so bad, this is not a one of you or half of you. This is every single person that's listening to me right now. We struggle to do God's way because we ask him for help. We don't ask him for the way on the front end. And if we aren't constantly in communication with God, and it doesn't have to be magic prayers with candles lit and a two and a half hour session. I'm talking about anytime, anywhere, any place. He is my friend. He's the lover of my soul. And I get the right to talk to him. If I'm not a friend of God, then this is going to be really difficult. And I find that, that knowing the way that he has prepared before me is almost an impossible task. And this is why. This is why. Joseph, if anyone in the history of the world ever has had a right to be offended, can y'all agree with me? But you know what? I feel like that's almost everybody in the room right now. We have a right to be offended based on the world's suggestion of why you should have offense. But Proverbs chapter 18 verse 19 says an offended brother is like an unyielding city and that quarreling are like the bars of the castle. And, and here's what God's been showing me in my own life is that trust cannot happen when offense is picked up because I can't trust God if I'm offended because I have, I have become an unyielding city or a gated and, 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 and a walled city. 
If I've put gates up in my life because I've decided that I'm going to figure out the way, and as a controlling person, y'all, this is who I am without Christ, without yielding to the presence and power of God in my life, I am an unyielding city. I become just like that in this person. And therefore, I don't let you in because I push you away. But here's the bigger problem with not letting you in is I don't let God in. And in this case, he had a decision to make. Will he pick up a fence that he had a right to do from an earthly perspective? Or will he listen to God? And he has this encounter. And all three encounters we're seeing today were encounters with God. And he had a decision. Am I going to listen to God and do? Or am I going to be unyielding in my heart? Can I tell y'all something before I move on? I feel like the biggest problem with having an unyielded heart or being a fortified person, building the fort around you, I feel like the biggest problem is it's so hard to see when it's you. I can point it out in you. Ma'am, sir, you seem a little unyielding. Back up off me. <laughs> but when it's the mirror, that one got me, Fred Sanford. But when it's the mirror, when I got to look at me, I find myself defending myself for my actions of why I should divorce her rather than listening to the one that can help me through it. Are y'all with me today? Is anybody here? Watch what Joseph does because this makes me want to throw something. I'm going to try not to throw this at you because y'all know it's a boomerang. Come right back to me. It says, but he considered these things and, and he was doing the right thing. And it says, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. It, um, this is going to scare all of us if this happens to us, but I got to keep going. Saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife because you're betrothed anyway. And anyway, keep going. For, for which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. If you're having this dream, you got to be like, what? Like, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. And it says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us and he's still with us today. Aren't you thankful that Jesus came to be born of a virgin? Come on. But then this is the good one today. It says, when Joseph woke from his sleep, and I love this, it doesn't say that he thought about it, that he had to get a couple buddies together, that he, that he, that he had this quorum get together, and that, that, that whenever the, the, the majority of people voted for it, then he'd do it. It says, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He heard it, and he did it. This is real simple, y'all. It just ain't always easy. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name. Jesus. Who? Like the one thing that I hope that you'll take away is this. Joseph had every right to do what he felt was right, but he chose to do what God said to do. That's the game changer of this world, of this life, y'all, because we will face encounters every single day that does not feel like what we should do, but it's exactly what God calls us to do. And it's always right to go with God. Because I need y'all to know that God's plan often conflicts with the popular opinions of this world. And if we decide to go with popular opinion, I don't know about y'all, but when I look out and see popular opinion, I don't see help. I don't see hope. I don't see peace and I don't see change. I see conviction, or, or excuse me, I see condemnation, not spirit conviction. I don't see people being helped. I see people being pushed down. And even if, quote unquote, we're doing the right thing, 
by these movements that we see out there. It's not the cause that I want to back. The cause that I want to get behind is the cause that he calls me to. Because I feel like this, y'all. I feel like we, we separate ourselves into these, into these things called Republican and Democrat. I don't care if you vote Republican, Democrat, Independent, or you, you hadn't figured it out yet. And if you hadn't, God bless you, because there's plenty out there to figure it out. But it doesn't matter how you vote. It matters who you're with. And if the only thing that, that makes you not want to talk to me and have a conversation is you vote for a different person than I vote for, then we're not really with the guy that we claim to be with. Because we allow everything in this world to dictate what we'll do next. My team lost. I can't talk to you. <laughs> they are 18 to 22 years old. 18, 22 years old. I love you. You don't get to run my life. <laughs> Jesus' name. Thank God because I'm a Gamecock fan. Come on, somebody. But they don't get to run our lives, y'all. We let them. And we always say, well, they stole my joy. No, 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 no. I chose to be in charge, to have control of my life. And when my stuff that I'm controlling doesn't go well, popular opinion crushes me because I care so much about what you think that I let popular opinion dictate how I live. When I'm up, I'm up. But when I'm down, I'm down. You, you may be a personality type like this guy. Praise the Lord for this. Up and down and all around. But you can have peace and balance in the Lord Jesus. And that's the only way, truly. It's the only way. So you got to decide right now in your seat, am I going with what they say I should do? Or have I truly trusted the Lord for what to do? Because we find our purpose by listening to God and doing what he says, by trusting and then obeying, trusting and then doing. And that preach is real good, but it's much harder to actually do it. I just wonder this out loud as I continue. I wonder if you have the ears to hear what he says to do. I wonder if you actually can, can listen to him when he says, go. Or if it has to be so safe in your mind that we constantly have the idea of what it should look like. And I'm telling y'all right now from experience, I wish I had time to break this down. It's probably not going to look like what you think it looks like. So if you got to have the whole picture in place, you're going to control it. It's just not going to be peaceful. It's not going to be full of joy in life. Second time we see Joseph is in Matthew 2, verse 13, and it says, and this is the second thing that we get when we listen to God and do what he says. This is so good, y'all. Three times he has an encounter. This is so amazing. It says in verse 13 of chapter 2 in Matthew, it says, now when they had departed, this is right after the wise men came, by the way. And when they departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise and take the child and the mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for Jesus to destroy him. And so what did he do? He sat there and he said, I need to get all my cousins together, my mama. I need to make sure that daddy's okay with this. No, he says, and he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. And he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill the Lord that's spoken by the prophets out of Egypt. I call my son. Most of the time, if it's time to go, we got to make sure it's okay with Joe. That was good. That was an accident, but it was good. <laughs> Joe. I don't know who Joe is, but if you're Joe, thank you for telling us that we can go. We got to go when God says go. Why? Why does that matter? Because we find our protection by listening to him and doing what he says. 
Like, it's not, it, this, is the, this is the challenge of your life, y'all. You get to decide, do you want safety or do you want to be protected by the king? Because you can be safe at home where, you're, where, 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 you, where you feel sorry for yourself. I'm talking about me if I'm not talking about you. When things seem to be going against you or you can have the protection from the prince of peace, from Jesus. But the only way to have true protection is what the Bible says to hide under the rock. That he's our fortress, he's our deliverer, he's our strong shelter. But most of the time what I decide, and I just feel like maybe I'm just talking to me in here, I don't know. But what I decide in my life is I got to control it because I can protect it. What I realized in my own life is that when I try to protect my assets, my kids, my wife, my job, my home, what I'm actually doing is killing myself in the process of trying to protect all that I've got. And I feel the need to control as a man to make sure that I find my worth in what I do. And if God said to give it up and go, am I willing? It's hard. But I'm telling y'all right now, the only way, it's not always safe in the, in the will of God. I get kind of frustrated when I hear people say, the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. I'm like, which Bible did you read? But it's good. And it's full of peace and joy. It will be up and down. It will be frustrating. It will be difficult at times. But it's a place of protection. It's a place of rest and hope. And then here's the last one. So they're, they're in Egypt, and it's time to come home. And so naturally, you go back to the place that you were already at. He was from Bethlehem, and so it would make sense to go back to where he was from. But it says that when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, appeared to, in a dream to Joseph in, in Egypt and said, Rise and take the child and his mother to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. So Herod's dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that this guy, or something, always them words, y'all can't ever get the names right. Always, this cat was reigning over uh, Judea in the place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there. Being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. Isn't that cool? He listened again. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. What good can come from Nazareth? Well, I can tell you right now, the reason I have hope in this world is what came from Nazareth, even though everybody missed him because he seemed so simple. And so that was spoken by the prophets that it might be fulfilled again. Another thing that God said, this has to happen because this is the one that connects all peoples to my love. By the prophets that might be fulfilled that he might be called a Nazarene. So what happens when we do what God says? We find our place of peace by listening to God and doing what he says. We find our place of peace. Listen, I believe that a lot of you guys came in here today hoping that you could find peace, comfort, rest. Maybe the pastor could give you a word that would make you feel good. Maybe the pastor could give you a word that would make you feel okay, that would make you feel like this is home. The reality is we will mess up eventually. Like, I'm, I mean that we're all about what we say we're about and what I started this message with, but I'm also here to tell you we will fail miserably eventually. I'm a dude that's going to screw up this week. Leah, you're allowed to say amen right now. 
But what I do know is there's a place of peace and it's only found in Jesus. And whenever I try to find peace and joy in anything but Jesus, I find myself in a wreck thinking I just got what I said I wanted. Why do I feel the way that I feel? And it's because of this. I create these ideals in my life that I think if I could just get that, then I'd be all right. But there's only one that and his name's Jesus. And it doesn't matter how far off you are. It doesn't matter how ugly you came in with. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. One thing matters. Have you known the person of Jesus as your Lord? Have you, have, you, have you experienced life in him? Because he's not worried about what you came in with. He wants you to leave with him. He does not expect you to clean up before you come. He'll clean you up. You just come. And the problem is we think that peace has to come when I don't look to pieces, when I don't look full of a mess, but we miss the whole point of why he came in the first place. The Bible says he did not come for the healthy, but for the sick. He said, I came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came for each one of you, rich or poor, sick or healthy, young or old, no matter the color, no matter where you come from, no matter your background, no matter any of those things. He came for you and he loves you and he desperately wants a relationship with you, but he's a gentleman and he will not kick the door down. He'll just stand at the door and knock. He's waiting on you. And this is how I want to close the service. I love this verse so much, y'all. It's, it's like it's the end of one of Paul's letters. It's Romans chapter 15 and he gives this end of this thought in Romans chapter 15, and I feel like this summarizes the story of Joseph and summarizes the story of Lewis and can be the summary of you. This can rewrite your story if you'll let it, and this is it. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of, y'all say these out loud. May the God of hope fill you with all and in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you may abound in hope. I need to teach y'all these words because they're so powerful. When you get them in this context and in the context of Joseph, in the context of what do I do next? Listen to God and then trust him doing what he says. The only way I can trust him is if I lay down whatever I've come in with like this thinking I'm doing the right thing, but oftentimes us doing what we think is right keeps us from this. The word joy means I'm aware. In the, in the original language, it means awareness of God's grace. So just because you know God's grace exists doesn't mean you're constantly aware that it's right in front of you. And I believe that we miss grace all the time because of our unawareness of that because we're so aware of everything else in our lives. And if we could just have the vision that God put in our lives of how great he is, because all that word means, by the way, is God extended himself to us. Well, the best picture of that is what we celebrate a week from tomorrow, that there was a baby born in such a simple way. God extended himself in person form, fully God and fully man, and said, I'm going to send you hope in the form of my son who will come to die but live again for you. He became sin who knew no sin so that I could be his righteousness, have right standing is what that word means with God. If I'm not aware of that alone, I've missed the entire point. Joy is always an option for me if I will look to God and listen and trust. And then peace, this is my favorite part of the whole message. Because this is what I feel like has to be shared today. 
Because I feel like if this world is lacking anything, it's lacking peace. Peace cannot come through a summit with world leaders that sit around a table and sign a piece of paper. That's awesome, and that's a lack of war for a season, but that is not true peace. True peace means to take what is broken and bind it back together. Do y'all remember last week? Were y'all here last week? Do y'all remember what double-minded means to separate from the whole? Do y'all remember that anxiety, because I've taught this so many times, anxiety means to sever from the whole. The word marimna means to sever from wholeness, from what my purpose actually is. So the enemy uses all the things to come at you because he can't get to you, that you will get to you and forget the goodness of God, forget the joy that you have in Christ Jesus so you'll be severed. But God is like a bow that he ties together. He wants the two to become one flesh is what 1 Corinthians 6 says. He wants you to be one with him. And the only way that you can have true peace, wholeness, and a peace of mind is only in Christ Jesus when you say, I am tired, I'm lonely, I've run and I don't know where else to go, God. I'm giving it to you. I'm laying all this stuff down that I picked up and I carried in here. This is yours. This is yours. And he ties you together. Is that not amazing that that word means that? And then this is what we all must leave with. Hope does not mean, man, I hope we win. Because that can fail you. Hope is this. I hope that on Christmas Day, my hope is that on Christmas Day, I'm going to eat me some good lunch. And there's going to be some ham and deliciousness and some pie because I'm working on my figure. That is not something that I have to dream about might happen someday. That's something that I know for sure on Christmas Day. If the Lord doesn't come back, we're going to have us some pie and eats and watch my kids open some presents. So I have an expectation. Let me try that again. I have an expectation of what is certain. It is going to happen. Here's my expectation of what is certain. Jesus is going to come again, and he's going to bring his church home, and he loves you, and he's already been here, and I don't hope maybe someday it happens. I know for sure, and my expectation is in him. So if we need hope in this world, if we want peace that passes all understanding, it is only found in one place. It's the place that Joseph decided he would trust. As his story was written, nobody knew who he was, but he he lived a life of peace. Why? Because he listened and he trusted and he did. It's not about me, y'all. It's always about him. And when I say my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, that old hymn, that is the truth. But I don't know if it's the truth for you. Because we come in with all of our baggage and, we, and I'm so thankful that you would come. But we can leave with peace. I don't care what you've been through to this point, and we care deeply for your soul and for your heart. But I don't, that doesn't keep you from this. The only thing that keeps you from this, listen to this, is to not yield to him. It's to say, I've got to keep this all together. But your opportunity in this second, no matter if you're, if you're saved or if you've never experienced hope in Jesus by saying, I choose to make you Lord of my life by saying, I love you back. I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner because of all the things I've done wrong. But today, I lay those sins down and ask you to forgive them. And he already has when you say that. I choose to follow you, Jesus. In that moment, 
joy and peace and hope fill your life because that is what salvation really is. Through one way, the person of Jesus. So I just need to know in here, I believe there's lots of you. I don't know if you'll be honest because you might let pride keep you in your seat instead of letting hope stand you up and say, I yield to the promises of God, to the hope of Jesus. I yield to the person of him and I choose to follow him today. I choose a love relationship with him. I just need to know, is there anybody in here that knows that you're ready for hope and joy and peace to flood your life through a one-on-one relationship with him? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If that's you in this room, This second, I just want you to stand. I don't want you to hesitate at all. Nothing can hold you back if you're ready for joy and peace to flood your life. I'm ready to begin a love relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, come on, just stand to your feet wherever you are and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. I'm not going to give you a ton of time and I'm not going to beg you because I believe the Lord is much better at drawing you than I am. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome, man. Who else? Who else? I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Stand up if that's you right where you are. Thank you, dude. Proud of you. Proud of you. Who else? Who else? Right this second. I believe there's many more in this room that need to say it's time for me. It's time for me. No holding back. I'm following Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It's time for me. It's time for me. I'm so proud of you three that stood up. And we gave you a bag, but what we want you to do is when this song starts, if you'll go to the back, our Next Steps team wants to walk with you and help you, and our prayer team wants to pray with you and start helping you take your first steps. Now, here's the end. I believe there's a bunch of you that walked in here saved, but need to walk out of here with peace because it's possible to know Jesus personally and still carry the load that he did not ask you to carry. So... I'm just offering y'all peace today in Jesus' name because it's nothing that I can do. But I'm asking you to cross that street like Lewis did by standing to your feet and saying, it's time for me to live a life of peace. It's time for me to have joy because my joy comes in the morning, but right now it comes at 11 o'clock. Come on, somebody. It's right now that I choose peace and joy. I'm ready and I choose hope. I choose to have an expectation, not a maybe someday. I choose to live my life full of his joy and peace right now. If that's you, just stand up all over the room. I believe there's lots of you. Stand up all over the room and say, I have a life of peace. Thank you. Who else? Come on. This is anybody that walked in here full of doubt, full of hurt, full of past and shame. You say, I choose peace. I choose peace. I choose peace. God, I just pray over every person under the sound of my voice that needs peace, that you'll invade us with your hope, with your love, with your mercy, with your grace. God, we love you and we call on you, the only one that can provide true peace. We're so thankful that you came today and invaded our service with your hope. And God, now we just worship your name because you're worthy. We love you, Jesus. Amen. If you're getting baptized, I want y'all to start moving right now because now's the time for you to get baptized. And if you have waited to get baptized because you're not ready, I'm just here to tell y'all, you ready. Huh? You ready right now? We got clothes. Get up and go to the back. We got clothes for you. You ready right now? Because you're never more ready than you are this second. So get up and go. We love y'all. Y'all stand and sing with us.